0: Our first reading is taken from Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child, and as, as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was.
1: continuing to read in Matthew uh, chapter 2, verse 13 to 23. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem Bethlehem and its vicinity, who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, "'Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel.' For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archilus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He will be called a Nazarene. Amen.
2: Colin, could we have um, the verse one up, please? So last week we uh, looked at the genealogy of Jesus as recorded by Matthew's Gospel, and uh, and now. That was in Matthew chapter One, and now Matthew Chapter Two I don't think we should lose the impact of of this visit. you know we're so uh, um, used to the story there's been lots of uh, of talk in the media this week about nativity plays, hasn't they, and whether they're on their way out, whether they should be encouraged and all sorts of, of things like that. And uh, thankfully again this year I've been invited to all of the, the plays at, at the junior school and what a joy that is. And the junior church are preparing for, for, for the presentation in two weeks' time. And the, uh, the, the kings, the three kings, or however many there are, we don't know how many they, they are, uh, came, and, uh, and these people came, visitors from the East. It's not defined what country they were. But don't let the significance escape you that here was Matthew, who, as I said last week, was writing to a Jewish audience. And that's why he started off with the genealogy of Jesus, like the credentials of Jesus, that he was a, um, a good Jew. Here, the visitors are foreigners, non-Jews, who had come. And so the visitors, as, uh, as one of the children said earlier, were the shepherds, just the ordinary working people, and then these people, these visitors from the East, these foreigners. And I think it just shows us that right from the start, the, the significant verse that we said last week and was said the previous week, God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. God so loved the world and the worldwide significance of Jesus is illustrated by the visitors who came. God so loved the world, and therefore we are encouraged, called upon to love the world, the world. And so it's, I make no apology, this this sunday for encouraging us to think about the world and the worldwide impact of Jesus and the the impact that that christian aid try and make and that we can make through them in verse 3 following can we have that up please colin Thank you that he, they said that they'd, uh, they knew that uh, Jesus uh, they felt had been born, was going to be born, and then verse three, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. King Herod, you may or may not know, was a, a, a very insecure, awful character really and uh, he was uh, one who was vicious in trying to maintain his position. And so this would have scared him. Let's go on to the next verse. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the Lord, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. And they said in Bethlehem in Judea. This again was following what I said last week about the Old Testament prophecies, building on what we've been looking at in the old testament that they knew that uh, he was going to be born in in bethlehem something struck me though why didn't they go why didn't the chief priests and you know this big thing had happened the visitors came look this is uh, this has happened why didn't they go we don't know the answer but it just strikes me that it's indicative of of still today sometimes we and others can be well uh, perhaps not too bothered about about um, uh, the Christmas story you know it doesn't sort of uh, uh, impact on us as it should and so as we move through advent i'm just trying to uh, to encourage it as to uh, to be more impacted by the stories, we reread these uh, stories as we concentrate uh, this year on on uh, singing some of the perhaps more unfamiliar carols that uh, we are going to. The reading continues, and if we could um, uh, go down to the uh, to the gifts, verse eleven, that would be helpful, Colin. Okay, so the, uh, well, let's call them wise men. Oh, too far, yeah. A bit further back, 11, verse 11. Yes, oh, yes. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary bowed down and worshipped him. So it's foreigners coming to worship, and then next verse... Then they opened up their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. We're aware of this, aren't we? And maybe you're aware of the significance of that because they do seem quite odd gifts, don't they, to give to a baby. Gold, frankincense and myrrh. Gold was the, the kingly gift. It was recognizing that he was a king. Frankincense, a priestly gift, recognizing that he had this priestly um, spiritual function and the myrrh well that was like a, an embalming fluid and recognizing that he would die perhaps we've had odd gifts as well I wonder yes turn to one another and uh, and just say perhaps an odd gift that you have received Just just do that now. If you received an odd gift for Christmas or at other times... I can see some laughter. I can hear some laughter. Does anybody want to say an odd gift they received? I actually got an ironing board for Christmas one year.
1: Get my own. I'll get my own back now. <laughs> I asked for an iPad last year. And I got a great big tally.
2: Anybody <laughs> else? Yes.
0: Jonathan and I got a joint Christmas present off my sister-in-law, and it was a glue gun. Glue gun. But it's use, useful in red. Really- <laughs> Anybody else? No.
2: Anyway, over coffee, you might want to share more about your odd stories. I, uh, uh, Google's a wonderful thing, isn't it? And uh, here's some odd presents that we received uh, there. Um, a lady called Julie, I don't know if it's you, Julie, said, I once received a toilet seat. <coughs> so, an odd. Or the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. And this girl said, I was in high school at the time and not even dating. Um, uh, Somebody received whiskey, although they're an alcoholic. Um, uh, I got my own Christmas gift that I'd given last year, somebody said. Oh, that was a carol, I hope that's not you, no. Um, A subscription to a weight loss program, that's an interesting one, isn't there? A bar of soap, that's also, um, yes. Dental floss. And then uh, this 60-year-old 18-stone man said, a turquoise mankini, <laughs> which is, um, um, oh, and here's one for you, Brian, uh, an iron and ironing board from my now ex-husband. It's a, it's a, um, a doorknob, one slipper, and a book of etiquette from my mother-in-law. Odd gifts, uh, no, um, uh, no new things, but these, of course, were really symbolic gifts and uh, and uh, have a deeper significance. So these people from abroad gave gifts to Jesus, and I guess that's one of the reasons why we give gifts now at Christmas. We don't sort of give gifts to Jesus. Well, how can we? We give gifts to one another. Except we can give gifts to Jesus. Are you familiar with the story of the sheep and the goats? Matthew 25. And uh, it it says, uh, so they separated the sheep and the goats, and and then they they said... um, uh, And so in a real sense, what Jesus was saying was when we, we give gifts to others, it's as if we're giving it to Jesus. So we can follow the kings. We too are foreigners. We too don't live uh, anywhere near Bethlehem. And, uh, and we can give gifts to Jesus. We can use these. It's not a hard sell. That's up to you um, uh, and uh, between you and God. But just recognizing that this is, is giving gifts to Jesus. Well, of course, we can uh, give with our lives. And as I was uh, researching what to say, and I, I uh, dis- <coughs> discarded so much of what to say, and I was very nervous at the start about what I should and shouldn't say, but I'll just say briefly, I came across the story of David Livingstone again. I, I remember first reading about him on one of those old ladybird books. If you're old enough to remember the ladybird books, and uh, I just reread his story and uh, how he gave to Africa, not in terms of money, but in terms of his his life. And Molly, I think you're going out to somewhere, aren't you, in January? Mexico, right? And there's, so there's ways now of of us of uh, doing this. And I'd just say say briefly, I hadn't quite realised he was a um, uh, born in Scotland in Blantyre, but and born of Christian parents. But at the age of ten, he started work, as was perhaps common in those days. And and then I looked up about um, the uh, Robert Rakes, who started the Sunday schools and, uh, and all these people of, of our history who have done wonderful things to try and help the lives of others. Anyway, he went to Sunday school and uh, he, he tried to educate himself. While he was working, he, he had his books there and he determined to determined to, to be educated. Although he was brought up in church and as a Christian, he didn't become a Christian until he was 20. And then God got a hold of him. He trained to be a doctor and then went out to, uh, to Africa and, uh, and spent the rest of his life serving others. And uh, deeply moved by the plight of, uh, of this part of the world. And uh, he felt that this was his gift to Jesus to be able to to help them in particularly with uh, about anti-slavery and and just helping medically and also telling them about about Jesus and wanting them to come to faith and I didn't realize how he died you may or may not know they discovered him dead not in his bed but kneeling by his bedside in prayer. What a way to go, to die, kneeling by your bed in prayer. As he was um, around about 60 years of age, his wife died out there. He gave such a lot. And so in our lives, be it in our own communities or, or elsewhere, may we be inspired by the story of the, the wise men who who gave. May we give. Maybe we're in a position to give money. Maybe we're in a position to give in other ways, in, in our life and in our love. But may, as we go through Advent, may we be inspired to give. There's been lots of talk in the news. I don't know if you picked it up about how much the government give and whether we should give the 0.7% that we do. And some of the political parties saying, no, we shouldn't. Charity begins at home. But I would say we're part of this world and we need to support the world. Let's just move on. Uh, Verse 13, if, uh, if we could have that, Colin. Thank you. When they'd gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. So just to remind you that Jesus and his family were refugees. And as we think of the refugees in the news, that this was the plight of Jesus. Then you... Um, uh, perhaps familiar with the rest of the, the story that um, uh, they didn't go back and tell Herod. Um, uh, Herod got, got angry. In fact, verse 16, can we have that up, Colin? And this terrible incident to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years older and under. What a terrible thing. Now, there's no record of that in the, in the records. that actually took place but apparently Herod was such a a nasty character that this would just be a minor thing just to kill some babies in one little town apparently just before he died he gave orders that lots of uh, officials of the uh, in Jerusalem should be arrested and kept in a place with the orders that when he died, when Herod actually died, they should be killed as well. Just so that there would be mourning in Jerusalem when Herod died. Because he knew people would rejoice when Herod died. But he wanted there to be mourning, and so he ordered all of these people to to be killed. So it's it's very consistent with his character, this. But of course, Jesus had escaped. And then in verse 18, another reference from the Old Testament, a voice is heard in Ramah, that's the area near Bethlehem, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. And Rachel, this isn't a specific reference to this incident, but Rachel, you may or may not know, was the mother of Joseph. Joseph and his amazing technical dream coat and Benjamin who died in childbirth giving birth to Benjamin on the way to Bethlehem so how that resonance with uh, the Christian Aid project, the Christian Aid Appeal happened then, it happens now Now at this time of year there are many demands on our, our money and uh, my sermon today is not uh, trying to, to make a, a, an appeal and trying to force you into anything. Next week we will be collecting g- gifts for, for the homeless and we'll be actually collecting physical gifts uh, following an idea of practical hope. But this is just an opportunity Don't feel bad if you're not in a position to take up these offers. But it's an opportunity that we can give practical hope to the homeless next week, to those in other parts of the world this week. But whether we give money or not, may we give practical hope this Christmas. In other ways as we enter into a time of singing more carols coming to communion may we allow God to speak to us speak to us in ways in which we can give practical hope we can give gifts perhaps not odd gifts but gifts of love gifts of friendship to others at this Advent time. Amen.